Hola, Jumbo Ecabo. Welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Diola Teru, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This is episode 44 of the podcast, and I am excited to be back with you. And so I'm recording this on Sunday, January 23rd, and I literally decided to put the other episode I planned on hold to talk about what's going on right now. So what's been going on? Well, the stock market has been taking a bit of a hit, right? And so while we're not at the lows of March 2020, so far in 2022, we have seen the worst drops since that time. Yeah, to date, overall, my portfolio has lost money. And I'll be honest, that's tough to see. You know, it's tough to see all that red when you open your open my little fidelity thing and it's in the red. It's tough to look at. Um, and so I'm just personally going to avoid checking it often. I don't check often anyway, but I checked because I was going to do this episode. <laughs> um, so first, I want to talk about what's going on. So first, why is that happening? And I'll say that it was bound to happen at some point, right? The market operates in cycles, and we've had a great run in the last few years, even with the pandemic. Before the pandemic, even despite the pandemic, things even did amazing. And so, you know, if you know how cycles work, you'll know that, you know, a correction or a dip to some extent was bound to happen. But what's what's specifically going on right now? Well, first, we'll talk about interest rates, right? So the value of stocks, like stock valuations, are tied to interest rates. And so the higher interest rates go, the lower stock valuations go and vice versa. And so we've been in a low interest rate environment for a while, even before the pandemic. And so then with the pandemic, you know, rates got even lower. And so um, for decades, you know, before, you know, interest rates were relatively high because inflation was high and to that end, stock valuations were low. In 2008, with the crash at the time, you know, interest rates went lower and then, you know, valuations rose. Um, And so in 2020, right, you know, in the middle of the pandemic or right at the beginning, the Fed cut interest rates to zero to save the U.S. economy from collapsing. The Fed also pumped money or liquidity into the economy through, you know, the various um, 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 programs that 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 the Fed put in place, the CARES Act, all the things that the Fed did to boost the economy, to keep things from crashing, the stimulus checks that people got, all of that. And all that liquidity, right, powered stock valuations to historically elevated levels. Some say things were overpriced, but I'm not an expert. You know, I'll leave that to the experts. In 2022, however, the story is changing, right? So inflation is red hot. It's been the, you know, we've talked about how inflation has been the highest. It's risen at the highest rates in like three decades, right? So it's red hot, hotter than it's been since pre-2008 times. 
And so that means that the era of super low interest rates is what is ending and is threatened by inflation. And so I think since last year, end of last year, I've been talking about how the Fed is going to raise interest rates in 2022, because that's a way for the Fed to combat inflation, right? Because you see how the cost of bread has gone up, the cost of milk has gone up, the cost of gas has gone up. We've got to, you know, address that. And so right now, you know, the stocks were still valued as though interest rates will stay low. And now with the predictions and the expectation that rates will be increased, the stock market is responding to that, right, and, and, and potentially correcting for that. And it could be more, but that's, that's, that's a good part of what's going on. And so the question you may be asking is, when are these drops going to stop and for how long will things drop? Well, I hate to break it to you, but, um, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, is it just a pullback, which is just like a mild um, drop? Or is it a correction, which is more like 10% to correct for, you know, maybe the overpricing in the market? Or is it a true stock market crash, which is a more, more, um, more severe and prolonged crash? How long will it go? How far will it drop? I don't know. If anyone tells you that they can predict what's going on, they're lying. Because if they could predict, they would be a billionaire right now. So nobody knows. I don't know. So now with that all said and done, right, what does that mean for us as investors, as everyday people that are just trying to, you know, we're just trying to do the best we can with what we have. You know, we're trying to do better. We're trying to invest, build generational wealth. What does all of this mean for us as investors, right? Well, should I stop investing? or and just wait on things stabilize or what should I do I'll talk you through kind of how I'm thinking about it and things that you should be considering right I can't tell you exactly what to do because this is not financial advice this is more for education and entertainment purposes right but I hope that you are able to consider these things that I'll be sharing number one um, the stock market always recovers you know there have been stock market corrections and crashes in cycles over the history of the stock market and the stock market has always recovered from every drop. And so the main ingredient here is just time and giving it time to the, for that cycle to do what it does. Um, if you're not close to retirement, then you have time to wait out the waves. If you're close to retirement, then I would say be talking to your financial advisor about what your options are and how you should be thinking about your asset allocation. Because your allocation should have already accounted for the fact that you're close to retirement. But if you're young like me or young-ish, you're in our 30s, you know, we've got time till traditional retirement, so give it time. And so I don't know, you know, I'm just going off of, you know, how the stock market has done over time. You know, I've looked at history and, you know, I believe that the stock market will recover. And so that's comforting to an extent. The second thing is make dollar cost averaging your friend. So what is dollar cost averaging? Dollar cost averaging Dollar cost averaging um, has been my friend throughout my own investing journey. But first, what does that even mean, right? So dollar cost averaging is an approach to investing that involves periodically investing a set amount of money, regardless of the market price, right? So for example, you know, it takes away the guesswork of, or the temptation to try and time the markets, Right. If you invest in the market via your employer 401k or you put money every month or every two weeks in any kind of investment account, you are dollar cost averaging. Because if today the price is $10, you put money in, 
You put it in two weeks when it's $20. You put it in a month when it's $30. You are dollar cost averaging because you can then average out the cost of how much you've put in over each of these intervals. And that way you're taking the guesswork after if you're trying to say, oh, I think it'll be down next week. So I'll wait till next week. But then guess what? It goes up. I mean, that's just one too much work, too much heartache. And you may lose by trying to do that. And so making dollar cost average in your friend is key in times like this, because yes, if the market continues to dip, you will get in at the lowest times. And if it continues to rise, you will get in at the, at the highest times. You will get in at all possible times. A third um, approach that I'm taking is a set it and forget it approach, right? And so the best way to keep investing at a time like this is to have it automated, so automated savings via a 401k, via a Roth IRA, or via a brokerage is a good way to relieve yourself of the pressure of consistently checking your accounts. So personally, I don't want the heartbreak when the market is down. And on the flip side, when the market is up, I don't want to be obsessed with the money. You know, and so I keep to check in, you know, at the end of each month for my monthly net worth updates. I set it, I forget it, and I save myself the roller coaster of emotions. A fourth thing to remember at times like this is very key is that you haven't actually lost money if you haven't sold anything. And so, yes, my portfolio has lost value, but I haven't realized a loss, right? Because I haven't sold anything. And so, I'm not selling, I'm holding, and I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna wait the cycle out. And so I haven't lost until I sell. And so while my value has gone down, I have not lost money because I'm not selling and I'm not in a position where I have to sell for any reason. So keep that in mind and let that be hopefully a form of, you know, comforting factor as you think about what's happening in the market to your portfolio. Okay, number five is diversify, diversify, diversify. Diversification is a key to managing your portfolio. It is super important. And what does that mean? Diversification is the practice of spreading your investments around so that your exposure to any one type of asset is limited. Let me break it down in layman's terms. So let's say I have the chance to invest in, um, in index funds, in crypto, in real estate. Right? A portfolio that's not diversified is one that is solely invested in crypto, Whereas I could have invested in other things that are safer, such that when crypto drops, everything drops drastically, right? And so it is designed to help reduce the volatility in your portfolio over time. And so I'm looking at my portfolio right now and just double checking on my diversification strategy. Am I diversified enough or do I need to, um, you know, change something or reallocate based on what I'm comfortable with? So like I mentioned, you know, index funds are a great way to diversify total market index funds because they're index funds that focus on different um, sectors of the market. Total market index funds, real estate, bonds, cash, crypto, individual stocks are elements of things that can go inside your portfolio. But you have to decide, OK, what percentage is going to be in cash? What percentage will be in individual stock? What percentage will be in crypto? I'll tell you that the most volatility in my portfolio has come from crypto and individual stocks, specifically my tech stocks. And so for me, what that's telling me is that as I think about, you know, do I still want to invest in individual stocks and crypto? Yes. But for crypto, I've always said it would be not more than 2% of my total net worth. Right now, it's still not even 2% yet. So 
regardless of even, even if crypto has dropped by 50%, still, it's still limited to that 2% of my overall portfolio. Now, for my individual stock, I have consumer goods and then I have tech stocks. So my tech stocks, ooh, they have taken a beating <laughs> specifically. However, my consumer goods have kind of balanced that out because while things have generally gone down, it's not to the extent of my tech stocks. And then my index funds are really the ones that are really holding the rest of the portfolio because, you know, they haven't dropped as much as the individual stock and crypto have dropped. And then I have some cash because like I mentioned a few years ago, I saved a down payment, you know, and I'm just holding that in cash because I think I may need that in the next few years. And so that money I did not put in the market. And so right now, how do I feel about my mix? I feel good. But if I do have some money to buy more individual stock, I will want to balance out my tech exposure with some other, you know, more stable type um, products or, or companies, stocks of those type of companies. But I still want to go in on tech because I still think there's an opportunity in tech in the long term. But just knowing that, you know, it may be a little, it may be a little of a roller coaster for a while. Anything on the flip side, since I'm talking about how my tech stocks have dipped in the past, in the past month, I also want to shout out the fact that my tech stocks have done the best as well. Like I've made, I've made, I've made huge gains in my tech stocks over time. So that's just, you know, that's just how it goes. You got to take the good with the bad. That's part of the risk. And that leads me to number six, understanding and staying within your risk tolerance. And so in March 2020, the total stock market plunged by 35%. And what that means is, let's say you had $10,000 in your bank account or in your investment account. In a matter of days, it was $6,500. And so that was my first personal experience of having money in the market during a crash. So in the last crash, remember, I think I've talked about this. You know, I was going back to school and I was job hunting. It was challenging at the time. Um, but it was different because my main focus was how can I get a job in a recession, right? And but I didn't have any, I didn't have any money, <laughs> I didn't have any money in the market, so I didn't have money at stake. Um, so yes, my heart sank in March 2020 when I opened my 401k and I saw the drop by 30%. I was like, ah, all the money I've been saving and investing, look at what's happened to it. Um, but the thing is, yes, while I was disappointed by the drop, I had no trouble sleeping at, at night. Because overall, you know, my, my portfolio was within my risk tolerance, right? So risk tolerance is pretty much how much volatility you can take. And so a person's age, your investment goals, your income, and your comfort level all play into determining what your risk tolerance is. And I'll link a podcast episode where I talked about things to think about when you're ready to invest. And that talks about risk tolerance in more detail, and so I'll say, don't invest in something new or risky because someone said it's hot. You know, if you can't stand the heat or if you can't stand the volatility, my friend, stay out of that kitchen. That kitchen is not meant for you. Find your own kitchen. Right. And so understand what your risk tolerance is and make sure that you're investing accordingly. And the last thing I'll mention, which is linked to something I just said earlier, is any funds that you need in the short term, I'll say, you know, three to five years should not be in the stock market, right? And this is where people really take losses, especially as investing and trading has become popular over the last two years, right? While I'm going to continue, you know, investing and all that stuff, I am not investing the money that I need. Like I mentioned, I'm not investing my, my emergency fund. I'm not investing the money I need 
for, you know, a potential house down payment, I am not investing that money. So right now, even though I've lost money, I, I couldn't have to cry over that because the money I need in the near term is sitting in my high yield savings account, earning nothing on interest, but at least it's there for me when I need it. And so I'll wrap up this episode by saying this. Ultimately, I'm personally going to continue to invest periodically, primarily through my investment account and also through my brokerage account. So actually, in the past week, I had some cash sitting in my brokerage account that I had not invested. And so I used some of that cash to purchase some more individual stocks and index funds. I have time. And so, you know, I'm keeping the cash I need in the next three years out of the market. But I have time until retirement. So I'm willing to wait out this cycle. I have benefited from the benefits of from the effect of compounding since 2010 when I started investing. I specifically saw the benefits of continuing to invest, you know, even through the crashes of 2020. Right. And so I'm personally encouraged by that because one of my regrets in 2020 was not even putting more into the market during that dip. That's not to say that it's fun seeing things drop. It isn't. It really isn't. And I'm not looking forward to doing my end of January um, net worth catch up because I know even though I invested and saved, it's going to look like I didn't because things have gone down. It isn't fun. Um, But we're in it for the long haul, y'all. We're in it for the long haul. And may the odds be in our favor. May we be disciplined. May we know our risk tolerance. May we keep the cash we need out of the market. May we understand the cycle of the stock market, right? And may we have diversified portfolios and have the and have the discipline to set our investments and forget it. Have a great week and uh, know that I'm rooting for you. Cheers. Bye. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what, popping and you amplify our message to other potential listeners. And last but not least, please follow us at Instagram at The Rich Immigrant. And as we go out into the world, I hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home. Ciao, bye, odavo. See you next time.